Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of Acts, chapter 23. Here's Pastor Ryan. Concerning the resurrection, you know, Paul said a very powerful statement in Philippians 3, 10. He said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Paul said that I might know him and the power of his resurrection. I mean, that's, that's a devotion goal it should be every day of our lives. Lord, as we seek him in prayer every morning, help me to know you and the power of your resurrection. Help me to experience it. May your power, the power of your resurrection manifest in my life. May you change me to be more like Jesus, the new life, the new man or woman. We don't want to stay the way we used to be. We want to be transformed by that resurrection power. And Paul said, that's what I want to learn about. That's what I want to know. I want to know it practically, intimately, and apply it to my life. I know no other way than to experience God's resurrection power than through daily prayer. There is no other way. To come before him daily and to pray, Father, give me strength by your spirit. Empower me, overflowing with your spirit. Jesus said, if any man thirst, let him come to me. And daily we thirst and daily we hunger for more of his righteousness, for more of his power and ability to be loving, to have the fruits of the spirit. It takes time with the Lord. That's something that does not come natural. Love, Christ-like love is not natural. It is supernatural. Christ-like peace is not natural. It's supernatural. Christ-like kindness and goodness and holiness, all of it is not natural, but it is supernatural, and it is found at the feet of Jesus Christ daily in our prayers. In Romans 8, 11, Paul would say, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. The things that Christ asks us to do are beyond our pay scale. They are beyond our ability. They are higher than what we can do in and of ourselves. He says to love them with everything you have. Do we really do so? He says to love your neighbor as yourself. Do we really do so? He says a lot. And do we really do so? Or can we do so without sitting at his feet? Can husbands love their wives as Christ loved the church? Can wives submit unto their husbands to, in, uh, as unto the Lord? Can children obey their parents? Can fathers admonish their children? Can we be good employees as he tells us to be? Can we be the most hopeful, cheerful bunch in the room without supernaturally sitting at his feet? Especially in these days, we need to sit there and not move. Sit there and not get up. Until he changes us. Until we sense the love of Christ in our hearts. And the proof that we are right with God is always in our love and the way we treat others. With kindness and respect and dignity. It always is that thing. 
But it's also boldness. He gives us boldness to speak for his truth. So there was that division. Now when there arose a great dissension, the commander, fearing lest Paul might be pulled to pieces by them, commanded the soldiers to go down and take him by force from among them and bring him into the barracks. But the following night the Lord stood by him and said, Be of good cheer, Paul, for as you have testified for me in Jerusalem, so you must also bear witness at Rome. That is a big statement from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm blessed that Jesus showed up at this time. I am blessed at his words to Paul who no doubt was feeling discouraged. If the Lord had to appear to him and tell him to cheer up, then we can assume from that that he was downcasted, that he was discouraged. He traveled so far to get to Jerusalem, and and maybe after three missionary journeys and preaching all over the world, perhaps this time, this one time, his countrymen would receive the gospel and be saved. But no. It didn't work out the way Paul wanted it. And he was discouraged. And now he is in chains. There. In chains to the Roman Empire. I wonder with his example. If we are willing today. To face rejection. And loneliness as he is feeling. For our faith in Jesus Christ. I wonder how much. How many of us within the church as a whole will stand up for the word of God amongst family, friends, and society that may turn away from us for our stance concerning his word, his gospel. I wonder. We must ask the question today because the church is slowly being more and more persecuted in our country. In the world, it's crazy. And here in America, it's beginning And if the Lord tarries, it's going to get worse and worse. They call us uncaring, reckless, and some evil, they call us, for meeting in uh, our church services. That's the world we're living in. This is the country we're living in today. I think it should be asked really frequently. Are are we we willing to do what Paul? Are we willing to be that person in a jail cell? For what, Paul? For For his faith in Christ. For standing up for his gospel, for what's true, telling them that there's no salvation for man except through faith in Jesus Christ. That has turned the world upside down. And he's willing to sit there and deal with it. Discouraged and all, Jesus would say at the Mount of Beatitudes in Luke 6.22, Blessed are you when men hate you and when they exclude you and revile you And cast out your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for indeed your reward is great in heaven. For in like manner their fathers did to the prophets. Blessed are you when they exclude you. Why do we as people have such a problem being excluded? Because we were made in the image of our Lord. And he loves people. And we love people. And we want to be good with our family and our friends and society. We want people to to experience us and for us to experience them. So it's hard for us as human beings to say, you know what, for the Lord, I'm going to be okay in a lonely 
state. I'm going to be okay if I'm excluded. I'm, okay, I'm going to be okay if God brings a sort of division within the family. I'm going to be okay. It hurts, but I'm going to be okay. And if it hurts me, then it hurts Jesus. And we learn in that division what it feels like for God, who sees a world that is divided because of their lack of faith in him. And he says that he came into the world because he loves the world. He doesn't hate the world. He loves, wants the world to come to repentance. But what breaks his heart is the division is there because men love their wickedness, their darkness, rather than what's good. But I see Paul sitting here alone, and I'm just like, what? This dude's the man in the Lord. He's just alone. And this would be a common factor in Paul's life, guys. And he would be alone in a jail cell. He would write to Timothy in 2 Timothy 4, verse 16 through 18. He's, Paul said this, At my first defense, no one stood with me, but all forsook me. May it not be charged against them. But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me so that the message might be preached fully through me and that all the Gentiles might hear. Also, I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion and the Lord will deliver me from every evil work and preserve me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. And so we see in his trial, we see in his loneliness that Christ appeared to him and encouraged him. And so we, we may be called upon, guys. You may be called upon to take a stand at work, to take a stand at school, to take a stand amongst your family. I will not veer to the left or the right concerning my faith in Jesus Christ and the freedoms that he's given me in this country. You may have to stand. But know that if you stand, you do not stand alone. Paul said, no one stood by me, but the Lord stood by me. And we have to be okay with that. We have to come into maturity as Christians to say, it's cool. But we grew up wanting to be a part of the crowd, wanting to be, fit in and wanting to, to not be ostracized and left out of all the fun. And here we are as Christians. Oh my goodness, we're back at it again. Now we're, we're, we're not of this world, he says. He says, do not desire to be with them concerning their wicked ways. Matt, uh, the Lord would tell the disciples as he commissioned them to go forth in Matthew 28, verse 20, he said, And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I am with you always, God is saying tonight. Don't fear them. Don't fear their faces. Don't fear their threats. We need that faith this morning. Don't fear it. Don't, don't be saturated with the media. Don't be saturated with the phones. Let us be saturated with the word of God. Let us seek balance information. Let's keep an eye out for those who you know, we know the Holy Spirit is moving in their life. The pastors that are sticking their heads out, willing to have their heads removed, if need be, for the sake of truth and the gospel. Don't believe every pastor and every church and every, test all things. And make sure they're called by God and that they're sticking up for God's truth in these last days. There are plenty of churches who will just teach us to be nice. And that's it. I read the scriptures and they're, everyone's warning everybody. They're all warning. Our Lord was, repent for the kingdom of God. That, this very first recorded 
statements were, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Like, if you don't change, you're done. Basically, was what Jesus said. That's a church we want to go to. It's interesting that Paul's chains were ultimately for his and our better good and for the furtherance of the kingdom. He's locked up and will be locked up for a while, guys. Paul's ministry is about to expand. Jesus told him, as you have testified of me in Jerusalem, so you will do in Rome. Wow. That's probably like the equivalent of, of like God saying to you, as you have testified of me in Banning, so you will testify of me in Washington, D.C. It's just like, who would have thought? And he's getting there in chains just to, sh- just, just to show the world how powerful God is. That while Paul was in chains, his ministry would expand like he could have never imagined had he been freed. But from now on, he's in chains for our sakes. He would write the beautiful prison epistles of Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Philemon, all in chains. We so often run, run from any uncomfortability. We run from any stresses in life so we're human like who wants pain right but but sometimes the lord says no trials are exactly what we need so that we might see him work in and through us and our weaknesses second corinthians chapter 4 verse 17 through 18 paul would write for our light affliction which is but for a moment is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. We don't look at the things that are seen during our trials. We look at the things unseen. Faith is not about what we see. Faith is about believing in what we do not see. And so many Christians are bogged down held down by what they see and what they hear and their lives are are engulfed with that rather than what does god say what does faith say they tell me we're all gonna die but what does faith say i'm not saying be reckless but i'm saying don't stop fighting the good fight be of good cheer For as you have testified for me in Jerusalem, so you must also bear witness of me in Rome. So I minister to your heart. Be of good cheer, God is saying. My gosh, those words mean everything to me today. I need his comfort. I need his encouragement every day of my life. Every single day of my life. Please, God, encourage us. Strengthen us with your cheer, with your joy. Mm. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. Psalm 34, 17, the righteous cry out and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. And when it was day, some of the Jews banded together and bound themselves under an oath, saying that they would neither eat nor drink till they had killed Paul. Isn't that nice? Now, there were more than 40 who had formed this conspiracy. They came to the chief priests and elders and said, We have bound ourselves under a great oath that we will eat nothing until we have killed Paul. Now you therefore, together with the council, suggest to the commander 
that he be brought down to you tomorrow as though you were going to make further inquiries concerning him, but we are ready to kill him before he comes near. So 40 dudes, over 40, have taken an oath not to eat, not to drink till they kill this man, Paul. I started thinking, isn't it ironic that the one who used to persecute Christians is being persecuted by the same people he was? He was them. It's like, Paul, there are over 40 Saul's that want to kill you. And it's almost, I, I just find, like, Lord, how beautiful to help Paul in his own journey, in his own walk with the Lord, to be more like Jesus in experiencing just kind of what he used to do to others. And I think often God will allow us to go through hardships, trials, persecutions, things, so that we can have sympathy and empathy for, for others. I mean, Paul, Paul, no doubt, has said many times, I once persecuted the church. He said, I'm the least of the apostles because I persecuted the church. I'm the least of them. Out of all the apostles, I'm the least because I used to persecute the church. He said that. He said, Christ came to save sinners in whom I am chief. He understood. But now, not only can he say, I once persecuted the church, but he can also say, I was persecuted for the church. Crazy to me. Paul the Apostle, I was persecuted for the church. I used to persecute the church. Now I'm persecuted for it. I used to not live for Christ. Now I'm ready to die for Christ. That should be us. I used to like, you know, you train or we did so much for ourselves before. Shouldn't we do everything now for him? And so they made this oath and the religious rulers were happy to go with it. So when Paul's sister's son heard of their ambush, he went and entered the barracks and told Paul. Then Paul called one of the centurions to him and said, Take this young man to the commander, for he has something to tell him. So he took him and brought him to the commander and said, Paul the prisoner called me to him and asked me to bring this young man to you. He has something to say to you. Then the commander took him by the hand, went aside and asked him privately, what is this that you have to tell me? And he said, the Jews have agreed to ask that you bring Paul down to the council tomorrow as though they were going to inquire more fully about him but do not yield to them for more than 40 of them lie in wait for him men who have bound themselves by an oath that they will neither eat nor drink till they have killed him and now they are ready waiting for the promise from you so the commander let the young man depart and commanded him tell no one that you have revealed these things to me the plot thickens they're plotting to kill Paul But strangely, his nephew, who we didn't even know that Paul had a sister, but his nephew happened to hear the plot. How, you ask? I don't know. He just did. Strangely. Or perhaps it was the Lord. Perhaps it was the Lord working things out for the good of his servant. Perhaps God wants us to remember that he is working things out for your and I's best. 
And the lesson is to be as Paul. He said, follow me as I follow Christ. Christ was in chains. Paul was in chains. Peter was in chains. Should we expect just no persecution? Should we seek to avoid confrontations when God says that's exactly what's needed here? I did not come to bring a peace, but a sword. These are our days. These are our days to either stand or not stand. And if we stand, then, as Isaiah said in Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue which rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me. That's a promise. Nothing can touch you. Psalm 91 so beautifully states, Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked, because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place. Place. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. But it takes faith. Faith comes by hearing and that by the word of God. The more we read stories like this, the more we encourage each other in to have faith. Don't be afraid. Everyone's saying, you know, the new, the new thing is be safe. Yeah, that's sweet. I don't mind. Yeah, tell me. I, need, I do need to be safe. You're right. Well, tell me, don't be afraid. Wait, whoa. Don't be afraid. Believe in God. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, Jesus said, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, and I go and prepare a place for you. We need faith more than safety. And it's a song that you sing, huh, sweetie? More than safety, we need faith. Because these guys were not... They were safe, and aren't, but it's like relevant, right? Peter was safe when they hung him upside down on a cross. Paul was safe when, they chopped, when Nero chopped off his head. Safe spaces. Jesus is my safe space. If he wanted me to live in safety all the time, I'd be in heaven. Which some weirdos believe this is heaven already, but that's a different story. And he called for two centurions, saying, Prepare 200 soldiers, 70 horsemen, and 200 spearmen to go to Caesarea at the third hour of the night and provide mounts to set Paul on and bring him safely to Felix the governor. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your glorious protection and provision upon us. Lord, we desire to be more like Jesus. And as the days are getting darker, Lord, we cry out for greater discernment, greater wisdom and knowledge. 
We cry out, Lord, for resurrection power, to seek your word for truth and guidance, to seek you daily for courage and strength and boldness, to look to you, the author and finisher of our faith, Lord, and not walk by sight but by faith. Lord, we pray, may your word bear much fruit in our lives and in our church. Help us, Lord, to use this, your church, as a place to gather to strengthen one another, to encourage one another. Bless this place to be a place where sinners come to repentance, that those that are elected to come to you, Jesus, that you would bring them. And we pray, Father, for just a mighty move of your spirit and that we as a church would be ready for your return at any moment, Lord. Help us not to be complacent, but wise in redeeming of the time. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 10 a.m. or Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you'd like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills. Ch-